0: How you doing, everyone? I'm Ross Salzberg, and I want you all to listen up here and get a load of this. If you're a football fan, you know that fumbling the ball is not a good thing. In the eyes of coaches everywhere, I'm talking from Pop Warner to the NFL, fumbling the ball is a cardinal sin. But the absolute worst fumble that I've ever seen didn't come from a player in a game. No, in fact, this fumble hasn't even ended yet. That's right. It's a week old and counting. This fumble comes from the NFL commissioner, Roger Goodell, who disgracefully remains silent. Silent in regards to the hideous remarks made by Philadelphia Eagles wide receiver, Deshaun Jackson. Somebody ought to tell Goodell silence in this case is not golden. It's reprehensible. So like I said, listen up, because you're really going to want to get a load of this. All right. For the life of me, I do not understand. I do not understand Goodell one bit. He is the commissioner of the National Football League. All of a sudden, the National Football League seems to be like, you know, they want to be politically correct and they want to make sure we're involved in society and Black Lives Matter. And I'm not knocking Black Lives Matter right now, so don't mislead this. I will get into that in a little bit. But here was Goodell saying... We got it wrong. I got it wrong. Here's Goodell saying we open up our arms to uh, Colin Kaepernick, who's become a race baiter himself. The ultimate phony, if you ask me. But you have Deshaun Jackson. Deshaun Jackson quoting Adolf Hitler The idiot, it wasn't even Adolf Hitler, but just quoting remarks, anti-Semitic remarks attributed to him, and also praising Louis Farrakhan, who's an absolute no ifs, ends or buts, flat-out anti-Semitic individual, if you want to call him an individual. And here we are, as I speak a week later, and Roger Goodell, Roger Goodell, the commissioner of the National Football League, has not said a word, not a peep, not a peep. The Philadelphia Eagles allegedly, supposedly, find him. But, well, that's fine, they find him. What the hell do you think? And I'm sorry. See, this is what creates lines drawn in the sand. What do you think would have happened to a player, a white player, if he made disparaging remarks about African Americans? What do you think would have happened to that said player by the league? Jeffrey Lurie, owner of the um, Eagles, is Jewish. Howie Roseman, general manager of the Eagles, is Jewish. There are other Jewish owners in the league. The Tisch family, co-owners of the Giants, Jewish. I don't have a list of every Jew that is employed in the National Football League. And the commissioner has not said a word. He has not said a word. You know, I I did my podcast a couple of weeks ago, and I said the the title of the podcast was... uh, or, you know, the, the this podcast is get a load of this, but the title was, are we stamping out racism or are we creating more of it? I think we're creating more of it. I I think people are being bullied into saying everything that is believed to be politically incorrect. You know how many people say to me, people who genuinely care about me. People who care about Russ, be it family members, friends, Russ, be careful what you say. Be careful what you say. You don't want to get yourself into trouble. Get myself into trouble for what? What am I doing? And I'm going to tell you what, it pisses me off because I don't have a racist bone in my body. And anybody who knows me, I've been in this business now, what is it? 36, 37 years. I am proud to say, proud to say, in particular in my TV career, proud to say that the greater majority of my fans have been black and minorities. Yeah. And I wear that with a badge of honor. Growing up, my kids would see it. My wife would see it. We'd be walking in the street. And I remember, you know, my kids would say to me, well, what, what, Dad, why, why do you think that is? I mean, now they're grown women with their own families. And why did I wear it? Why was I so proud of it? Because it's told me I'm relating to people. I'm viewed as a real guy. So I'm going to remain real right now. This is bullshit. Flat out. Commissioner Roger Goodell, what the hell are you thinking about? What are you thinking about? by not saying anything you are the leader of the national football league it's it, to me it's it's unbelievable i i don't know if you know there's a quote it's there's always a discrepancy who is it attributed to abraham lincoln or mark twain the the quotes something it goes like, It's better to be it's better to remain silent and be thought a fool than to speak and remove all doubt. Well, I gotta tell you, Commissioner Goodell, you got it wrong here because by not speaking by not speaking, your silence makes you look like a fool. And and folks, if you followed me, I, I have been a fan of Roger Goodell. So it pains me to say this. I don't like saying this. And I'm not saying it just because it's about anti-Semitism and I happen to be Jewish. I would be saying this. If he said, if, if anything was said derogatory about anybody else, why is he remaining silent? I don't, for the life of me, I don't understand. I, I, I've i defended Goodell, uh, the Ray Rice incident over domestic abuse. Yeah, I defended him. Now, I certainly, I'm certainly, don't misread this, folks. Don't misunderstand. I'm not condoning um domestic violence, but I could tell you exactly what happened with Ray Rice. He walked into Goodell's office with his wife that time, and this is what I said on the air at the time. He walked into uh, the commissioner's office with his wife, wife with tears in his eyes, my husband's a good man, this never happened before, bada-beep, bada-bop, bada-boop, yada, yada, yada. Uh, He promises he'll never do it again. Goodell says, okay, uh, I'll... you know, make sure this doesn't happen again. I'll give you a couple of games, suspension. That'll be that. Then the vile scene comes out where he knocks his wife out in the elevator in Atlantic City and all hell broke loose. That wasn't Goodell's fault. And I defended Roger Goodell. I did. There's not a, certainly not condoning, I'm not a father of two d- daughters. Certainly not condoning, at the time and I, I said it, I wasn't condoning any type of domestic violence. I'm just saying, he came in, pictures come out later, and that's when the uproar started, okay. But this, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about this. In a volatile area, in a volatile climate, I should say, where racism and anti-Semitism and and people not getting along and we're trying to bridge gaps and enlighten one another. And this is what we're getting from the commissioner. Silence. Silence. I do not understand. It it quite frankly, it's extremely upsetting. Extremely upsetting. And and you know when I you get these half ass apologies, these half ass apologies. Well, if I uh, offended anybody, I, I didn't mean to. You know, I like the Jewish people. I mean, do me a favor. Go tell your story to somebody who's going to buy your shit, because I'm not. You know, it it, it was just like the time with LeBron James. LeBron James. Remember, he was quoted... Yeah, got uh, to get that Jewish money. Everything is kosher. And he claimed... This is LeBron James. He claimed at the time, oh, yeah, it was just, you know, he was... uh, Repeating the words from some rapper, some rap song. And, and then the, the apology was, if I've offended anybody, I'm sorry. If he offended anybody, he's sorry. And then he claimed to say, I thought I was making a compliment. Now, he is a smart, street smart guy. He's worked for Jewish owners in Miami. He's worked for Jewish owners in Cleveland. He's got a commissioner in the NBA, Adam Silver, who's Jewish. But he he thought it was making a compliment. What happened to LeBron James? Nothing. Nothing. There's your politically correct world right there. It's bullshit. If we're going to be politically correct, then damn it, let's be politically correct. Let's stop the bullshit and hiding behind the facade that we're all so righteous and we all want to do the right thing. Because I'm telling you, from what I'm seeing, some of these commissioners, they got zero balls. Zero balls. In fact, their balls are so small, you can put them in a shot glass and still have room for the drink. I don't get it. As, we, as we're speaking, an 11-year-old kid was shot over the weekend in New York. As we're speaking, a one-year-old baby, a one-year-old baby and other people were shot at a cookout over the weekend. A one-year-old baby within the black community Okay, Where are all the Black Lives Matters people? Now I'll get into that. Where are all the Black Lives Matters people? Where are all the leaders? Where are all the leaders? Where are the leaders? Where's Al Sharpton? Where are all the black leaders? Where are all the players? From all the various leagues. Where are they? Why are they not coming forward and saying, damn it, we gotta stop this shit. We gotta stop killing ourselves. We're looking like morons. We're playing to every bad stereotype that people say about us. We're killing ourselves. We're feeding the racists. I don't hear a peep. I do not hear a peep. Nothing. Nothing. As I said, Drew Brees, for lack of a better term, got pissed on. Drew Brees got shit on by players in the National Football League because he had the audacity to say he would not kneel during a national anthem. So they killed him for it. And he apologized, not once, but twice. And that some people call... Some people call Breeze a coward because he bowed down and, and he shouldn't have apologized. I understand... Why he had to apologize? Because he's the leader of the New Orleans Saints. The majority of the team, the great majority is black. It's just, I, I don't even think there's five players on the team that, that's white. Not sure. But re- regardless, the majority is black. He's the leader of the team. The goal is to win a Super Bowl. The goal is to stand united, so he apologized. But he was pissed on and shit on. Where are all those people who did the pissing and the shitting, where were they denouncing what Deshaun Jackson did and said? Oh, it's is it only about us? We don't give a shit what anybody says about anybody else. Boy, that's that's really what you call human kindness. This is what I'm talking about, folks. When I said a couple of weeks ago, are we stamping out racism or are we creating more of it? There, there's been clashes here in New York. Cops. Having Blue Lives Matters rallies. And Black Lives Matters people protesting that. Oh, cop, cops' lives don't matter. When a cop wakes up in the morning, you know what he gives a shit about? He gives a shit about walking out his door, he kisses his family goodbye, he gives a shit about walking out of his door. Out the front door, helping the community, and then he just wants to come home safe and give his family a kiss when he gets home. And, and the family has to think about what happens when mom or dad walk out of the door and worry about, will they be coming home tonight? We know Derek Chauvin, the moron, the hideous piece of crap who kept his knee on the neck of George Floyd. We know he's a murderer. As I said, they shouldn't give him the electric chair. They shouldn't give him death by lethal injection. They ought to stone him. And you know who they ought to let stone him? The cops. Because he made life miserable for the cops themselves. And, and any cop will tell you that. But once again, all cops are painted bad, and you got this dumbass mayor. It's not just in New York, but... I'll talk about that because it, it's here in our town. You got this dumbass mayor. Let's defund the police. You see what City Park City Hall Park looks like? It's a shit house. It is. It's absolutely disgraceful. What are they doing about it? Now, I don't want to be crass, but what are they doing about it? You had cops at City Hall. You got City Hall campers, and this is Black Lives Matter people, Uh, hardcore Black Midas people. Yo, ladies, I want to fuck you. Yo, babe, you a cop, and I got to fuck that shit. I'm not trying to be crass here folks I'm telling you like it is and a cop has to stand there and take that oh okay no we, we we you know what we we don't need cops let's send social workers to deal with that let's send social workers to deal with that I just read something that happened in Texas two cops went to um they were called to a domestic violence, and they were both shot, killed, in Texas. Yeah. Oh no, they they should have sent social workers. They would have been able to disarm or a shrink. That yeah, that's that that's what would have worked. I, for the life of me, I do not understand what the hell is going on. It's, it's crazy. The world is so politically correct, it's what they think it is, it's so freaking incorrect. I I just read, what was it, last week? A little more than uh, last week. You had this actor, uh, voice, voiceover guy, Mike Henry, who's been on The Family Guy, so I think it's something like 20 years. I've never watched The Family Guy, but this... This character, Cleveland Brown, is supposed to be hysterical, funny. Uh, People rave about the show. I've never watched it. Uh, Cleveland Brown in the show is, you know, it's an animated show. He's black. Mike Henry is white. So Mike Henry is not going to do it anymore because in the climate feels that, you know, a black character should be voiced by a black character. When did they forget it's called acting? It's called acting. So you, I guess Robert De Niro in Goodfellas, he was the Irish guy. Well, he, in other words, you can't be, you can't play in an Italian unless you're an Italian. You can't play a Jew unless you're a Jew. And you can't play a gay person We're going to be, we're getting that too. Well, you can't play a gay person unless you're gay or a transvestite unless you're a transvestite. It's called acting. I mean, think about, Tom Hanks, one of his Academy Awards for Philadelphia. Tom Hanks was not good. He was brilliant playing a gay man. Dying, who subsequently did die, of AIDS. Tremendous performance. Gut-wrenching. Heartbreaking. Brilliant. That's why he won an Academy Award. What is the world becoming to? The world is upside down and inside out. Now you you might say, oh well, yeah, but Russ, you started with Roger Goodell. yeah, I started with Roger Goodell. I mean this is all part of it. it's it's all part of everything. we We can't just say things when we feel like, oh, if it's the politically correct thing, we're going to allow the NBA is going to allow people to wear, messages on the back of their jerseys. They were told which messages are acceptable. I I found it interesting also that LeBron James said, he's decided he's not going to wear a message. Trust me, because he doesn't want this shit coming down on him. Because you can't please everybody. But, yeah, I like to see messages. I like to see somebody say, yo, here's a message. Yo, stop killing ourselves. Yo, stop killing ourselves. Yo, how about Brandon Hendricks? Yo, how about Brandon Hendricks? For those of you who are not familiar with the name Brandon Hendricks, Brandon Hendricks was the young man from Monroe High School in the Bronx. What was it, a couple of weeks ago? Just recently, who was killed for no reason at a part in his neighborhood, in a black neighborhood, and I, I, as his no- uncle, uh, uncle's name I believe, Noel Ellison, because we've been covering the story, made the remark. You know, how can we complain? We want white people to care about Black Lives Mattering when we. Act like we don't care about black lives mattering. Well, you know what? Not a peep. Not a peep came from anybody within the black community. Not a peep. The lines have to be... There's lines drawn in the sand, and they got to be erased. Yes, we got to be together. But if we're going to be together, we have to show each other that we can correct our own. I can't expect people to take care of my business if I'm not taking care of my business. You can't expect people to take care of your business if you're not taking care of your business. And you know who you are. The day Black Lives Matter came about. I knew what the mindset was, and and I had no problem with it. I thought the name was wrong because, yeah, I'm one of those that believes all lives matter. But if I say all lives matter, Russ is a racist. I'm not I'm not, not going to debate that, but I think. The people who want to be part of Black Lives Matter need to take a good, hard look, a good, hard look at who is leading them because their message has gotten lost. This is way beyond, you know, this initially supposed to, supposedly started about police brutality. And let me tell you something. I know just... There ain't every good cop. There ain't every every good TV guy, radio guy, black guy, white guy, Jewish guy, Italian guy, Irish guy. We all have. We all have our bad guys. But to label it, that's disgraceful. Cops have gotten an awful deal on this. And which communities are suffering the most? It's the black communities. And if you don't think you need cops, then you you got your head so stuck so far up your asses, you'll never be able to see daylight. Because you need the cops. But what do we get this week or last week? We got our Dumbo Mayor, dishonorable de Blasio painting black lives matter in front of uh, on on 5th avenue in front of Trump Tower and who's he doing it next to Al Sharpton yet everybody where, did somebody have the nuts to ask Al Sharpton or De Blasio uh, w- w- what about within the black community do do these people understand that yeah there black lives matter why aren't they doing something within their own community but nobody has the guts to ask that now, am I racist because I'm saying that? Don't, do not understand. Do not understand. I'm sorry. Just, just do not get it. I, I, for the life of me. Our world is inside out and upside down. I, I, I'm a, a child of the 50s and the 60s. I grew up watching people read. That's how, that is how I became interested in current events. Because when I was in PS 206 in Brooklyn, we had a teacher, an old battleaxe who was a drunk. Her name was Miss Keys, PS 206. 23rd Street, 22nd Street, Avenue V in Gravesend in Brooklyn. And I am telling you, she used to, I'm not making this up, she used to, because she was that way, she used to shower herself with um, perfume that was horrible, so you wouldn't smell her booze. But we would have to read, at that time, the old Herald Tribune. It was delivered to the the class, and we all had to read the Herald Tribune from 9 in the morning, basically, until we went broke to lunch. And we had to be able to take three... Articles and not just little teensy articles, big major articles and be able to explain and talk about them in our own words. And at that time, what was hot and heavy was civil rights. So that's how I got interested. You know, I, I, I read about people being killed and I read about dogs and, and fire hoses and and I read about. James Hood and Vivian Malone. Who are they? They were the first two black students trying to get into the University of Alabama, and at that time, Governor of Alabama, George Wallace, was standing in the doorway. I remember all those things. Blocking them. And then they had to get the Attorney General, Nicholas Katzenbach, to, to make sure that he got the president, and then the National Guard came in. I'm going back! I'm talking 1963. So I was raised on that. I had friends, parents, black friends, parents who marched in the March on Washington. When I was in the seventh grade, we had to do speeches. And it was a contest within the school. My speech Me, representing my class, my speech in the auditorium was Dr. Martin Luther King's speech, his I Had a Dream speech. I know all about this. I'm not black, never claimed to be, and I never will be. But I also don't need for some dopey white punk punk to tell me about white guilt and white privilege. Don't be led around blindly and stupidly. If you don't know what you're talking about, then shut the F up. You want to stand for something, then stand for something. But damn it, understand what you're standing for. And you got to be able to listen to both sides. And we forgot that. But once again, if you're a leader, and I'll circle back to Roger Goodell, who, again, I like. But I am extremely disappointed in him. Commissioner Goodell, where the hell are you? As I said, silence here is not golden. And if you want to go by the old saying, better to remain silent and thought of as a fool than to speak and remove all doubt, I got to tell you, you're proving it wrong here because by not speaking, you're acting like a fool. And it's a disgrace. Shame on you, Commissioner Roger Goodell. Anyway, folks, That's a wrap here on today's podcast. I want to thank all of you for getting a load of this. Now I like to get a load of you. Let me know your thoughts on today's podcast. You can let me know on Twitter at Russ Salzberg, on Facebook. You can also check out my website, russsalzberg.com. My thanks to my main man, Matt Meaney. Always takes such terrific care of me. Thanks to my 77 WABC program director, Dave Labrosi, his outstanding assistant, DD Matt Dahl, president and GM of 77 WABC, Chad Lopez. And last but certainly not least, a great big thank you to all you people out there because without you people, I'd have nobody in here to be talking to. So until next time, it is Ira Saltberg saying to all of you, bye bye, so long and farewell. See you next week. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem
1: of a detour. When your space has the long-lasting, noticeable scent of Airwick Vibrant Scented Oils, you'll want to invite everyone over, from book club to the fantasy league, even the in-laws. It smells amazing Erwick vibrant scented oils are infused with two times more natural essential oils versus regular Erwick scented oils for our most authentic nature-inspired fragrance experience hmm. transform your space with scents like white sage and mahogany or lavender and water lily now that's a breath of fresh Airwick!